So everybody, it is Super Bowl week. This is the Tuesday of the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to shake things off here on YWC Football Talks 279th episode with the girl with two E's and two R's because one E and one R was taken. If you guys remember from a few weeks ago, Sophie Weller back with us. Football, but football to your liking. Football where, look, the number 13 can be lucky. Football to where, um, can I come up with another metaphor? You know, football where we're, we're in our football era's vibe here on YWC Football Talk during Super Bowl week. And how are you doing tonight? I am good. Like I said, I've been working ta- on some Taylor stuff all day, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, it was a very weird podcast when I thought about it, but at the same time too, it's kind of that needs to be said, like I said before, it's kind of that the shake it off. It's that um, just general, like, you know, feeling like football's feeling 22 right now. There's all these, I'm going to try to get in as many of these puns as I can I throughout it. the night. I um, the main thing I just want to jump into, like just we'll jump right into the deep end the impact that she's had not only on the NFL, but just as an overall, like what her and her status, because I don't even want to say it's like fame level, but it's because it's a status with her, like what her status level has crossed over to the National Football League, what the impact of that has been in your mind. I think it's been amazing. And, you know, like, I think actually Roger Goodell said it very well that she's brought a whole new demographic of viewers to the National Football League. I mean, you know, it's it's the same way I think it was Front Office Sports reported that three beauty brands, two of which have never done it before and one of which hasn't done it in like 18 years, bought ads for the Super Bowl because they know how many people are going to be watching from that, you know, demographic. Yeah. So it, it just goes to show that her appearances have been recognized, that viewership is up because of that. And... It's got, I'm hoping it continues. I'm in full support. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you feel like the off season will be a weird, like not a, not weird, but like the off season with all this, because obviously look, the depression of the off season will kick in in about five days and 120 so hours from now, maybe 123 once, you know, the trophies lifted, whether it is Mahomes, whether it is Purdy, but we'll talk about that later. How can that demographic still be reached? I'm not expecting Swifties to watch the draft. If that if that happens, like that's how we know her impact's truly been great. But what do you think the off season can be? Do you think it'll just kind of go away and then it'll kind of pop up again in September? Or do you think she'll find ways to still be active within the NFL community? I think she'll still be active because her relationship with Travis will still be going on. I think it's going to be, you know, paparazzi are always all over this girl. So it'll be all that. It'll be... You know, if he's with her on the Eras tour, if they're doing something together, it's still going to be so much interest from NFL fans and from those who don't care about football but care about Taylor and Travis. Um, so I think the off season, it's it's kind of going to warp into that like gossipy area where it's like, oh my god, the two went out for dinner tonight. Where did they go? Type thing. But people are going to be interested because it's the two of them. So no blank spaces off season is what you're telling me. That's the vibe I'm getting from you, right? Yeah. Um, no blank spaces or bad blood between the two of them. You you said it, not me. Um, but when it does come to this whole like situation, just because you're, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask. Not only because you are such a Taylor Swift fan. Hell, I saw on Instagram you went as her for Halloween, but. <laughs> The fact that you're involved in the football community so much, you know, I feel like the, the like you're that rare breed of of just of personally, you know, where it's you have the Taylor Swift perspective, but as well, you have that football knowledge that we all have. So 
that's where I feel like everything comes together because you know how you see, look, you see them online where now the shoe she was, that's the one thing that really stood out to me was that new balance shoe that she was wearing. I think it was the week three game, how something like that sold out so quickly to now. But one thing that's always been on my mind about this whole relationship, if the Kansas city chiefs aren't what the Kansas city chiefs are, you know, that they're the next dynasty in the making. I still say that because in my opinion, it's three to take a dynasty to make a dynasty, not two. Yeah. If it wasn't on this team in this situation, do you think it's still as big of a deal as it currently is? Yeah, I think anyone, you know, whoever yeah. dates Taylor Swift is going to be the biggest deal there possibly is. She's the biggest star in the entire world right now. There's no denying that. She was times time person of the year. Like, things like that where it's always going to be whoever's associated with her is a big name. What happened to Brittany Mahomes alone, not just Travis. Yeah. Brittany Mahomes skyrocketed. You know, she was already a famous name, married to Patrick Mahomes, but since the two of them were out, I mean, it's this crazy new world for her. So it was always going to be a thing. The thing I always wonder, though, is like, I love like their little story of how he went to the tour and was so sad he didn't get to meet her. And it kind of stemmed from there. My question is, if it wasn't such a big star within the NFL world, if the Chiefs weren't they weren't what they were, would that comment have gotten so much clout that it did? to lead to possibly the two of them meeting. That's where my questions come from it. But however it happened, what happened, I'm so happy. I Nothing had to change. That can continue forever in my mind. That's a, that's a very fair point. I really like the points you made there just about, you know, everything to do with the fact that it is on a team. I, I always looked at it from Brittany's perspective of like, you know, good, like good for her because I'll be honest, Brittany Holmes was someone who always kind of, it was from the 2019 game. I don't know if you remember that from when the Patriots played the Chiefs in Gillette and she was clamoring about apparently how Patriot fans weren't treating her the best, but then it turns out that it was her that was doing the wrongdoing and she made this whole ordeal about getting moved. But then quarterback really opened up the light to where you see the side of her that's with outside football to where now I look at it to where you don't hear as much about her anymore. Um, there's one other person in the Mahomes family that just caused bad headlines is another one that caused bad headlines, which one of those thank God we don't hear about anymore. And I will stand by that um, to where now I look at the whole thing with like, you know, Taylor with Taylor with Brittany and even Kylie Kelsey to an extent where I look at that and just go, you know what? Good for them. Like the fact that here's this mega, mega pop star and you can just chill with her and watch football. Like, I feel like if you were in that situation, would you be like, I feel like you'd just be kind of standing there. It's like, Hi, I'm, I'm here. I'm Sophie. Hi. <laughs> I think not, no one can truly understand like what's going through their minds or what it's like to be in that situation. I mean, listen, I, I've written some things. I've read some things about comments Brittany Mahomes has made that I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think they came off the best. But again, until you're behind a closed door talking to her like a human being and not someone who's this public figure they're going to say things that you're not going to agree with, or they're going to say things because maybe they're nervous at the time being in that, like that light where every single like person in the world is staring at you and analyzing your every move. That's hard. And that's going to lead to people attacking you or coming at you for some things that you said or some things that you didn't say. I mean, what was it? Taylor didn't mention Travis last night. And like, everyone's like, Oh my God, are they like not together? You know, all that. It's like, no, it was her night. Travis yeah. is playing for the Super Bowl. She thanked the people 
who helped make her make the record <laughs> that she won. So it's like everything is so hyper analyzed. And so that's what, you know, and I think it's funny in recent days, this whole thing has like put that in my mind. And honestly, just talking with you here made me realize that all that more that like, oh my God, if I was in a room with Taylor Swift and like it was a normal, if she was a normal human being, if I was just talking to her, not like I'm this ma massive fan or anything, just what would she be like? Because we only know her as this figure. So I think exactly. that's the way that people have to look at it from Britney's standpoint, from Taylor's standpoint, from anyone. Because for them, there's got to be that magic of starstruck. Because even though, like you said, Britney Mahomes, very well-known name, it's the fact that you have like Britney Mahomes who's here and then you have Taylor Swift who's like, I'm going to put her above the dog that's behind you right now. Kind of in like that stratosphere star to where it makes, you know, it puts everything into perspective for that stance of like where you look, even if you're famous, you can still get starstruck. Yeah. Um, one question for you that I have. So, you know how everyone's focused on the jet, you know, her last show, I believe is Saturday night in Tokyo, which I think is Saturday morning in Vegas or like, like late Friday night in Vegas. More than the jet, and like you know how everyone's saying she's just gonna like get off the plane go right to there do you still feel like she's gonna give her best show or do you, in tokyo that saturday night oh easily i mean again i went to one of these shows and it was the night after so i went um obviously i'm new england so i went when she was playing at foxborough and i went that last night that she played at foxborough and that was immediately after she gave and it was an amazing show that I saw. But from what I heard, that Saturday night show was unmatched. That Saturday night show was pouring rain. Her piano even broke from how much rain. <laughs> like she couldn't use it when I was at the show because it was playing random notes during the song. She had to switch it all up. So, you know, when it comes to her fans, she is going to, and performing, she's going to give her best because it's also what she loves to do. I mean, she's not doing this just to do it. She yeah. said it before, like she wouldn't be here without the fans. And she also loves to produce music. She loves to go out there. And, you know, I mean, every era that she had is like a different point in her life. So like this whole tour is about that. And she's going to go there, especially to go overseas and do it is so big for her. She added more shows so more people <laughs> can see it. I mean, a girl who, you know, is isn't willing to give her best performance wouldn't do that. Yeah, I just want that. I just want that because I know everyone's so concerned about like, oh, if she ends the show and then she, you know, hops on the plane right away. Like I've always seen it as like I don't think she's gonna rush from the Tokyo Dome to wherever the private jet airport is in Las Vegas. And for I know everyone likes to comment on because I saw this too with like TikTok stuff where Olivia Culpo bought the McCaffrey family a complete suite at the Super Bowl this week because which my parents I had to teach them yesterday that Olivia Culpo's got money. Yeah. Mainly my fiance. <laughs> Mainly my fiance doing it, but I was kind of like nodding my head in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> um, to where Taylor's probably going to do the same thing. But at the same time, too, I feel like the whole, I want to go to the backlash part of it because I, I've been seeing all this stuff, you know, where I don't know how one person in the relationship has all of a sudden become to, you know, old man yells at cloud or she's an <laughs> asset to the Pentagon or she's all this other stuff where people just, has she become the person that people want to hate on? Or is it just, do you think there's people that are jealous for some reason of this girl who gets maybe a second or like a minute of airtime for a three and a half hour game that all of a sudden it's, I want to see football. I don't want to see this girl on TV. Like, like I don't expect you to answer me if that makes you upset or not because everyone's different. But at the same time too, it's one of those things where you have to look at it from a perspective of 
like, what do you, what would you say to those people out there that are kind of frustrated with seeing her so much? Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. If someone you were in, in a relationship with or someone you were really close to was yeah. playing in a game and they wanted you to be there, would you miss that? Uh, such a big game too. Would you miss yeah. that? No. No. Her boyfriend, the person she is in love with, the person she is romantically involved with, is playing in NFL games, a big deal, and she wants to be there to support him. That is not her fault. She has every single, even if she wasn't dating him, even if it was she was best friends with Brittany Mahomes and wanted to go and watch the games, she's allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think it was, you know, that AFC championship game, people were so angry at how many times she was shown it was like 33 seconds i think was like the official it was either that or like 40 something you know seconds by the way that she was shown throughout the entire game if you're mad about that little bit like that's crazy she's someone who was there to watch the games to support someone she loves and there should not be anything wrong with that She, she said it best in her time uh person of the year interview which was like i don't care about the brad's you know chads or whatever I'm there to watch. I don't know how much they show me. I don't care how much they show me. I would be fine if they didn't. <laughs> I want to watch football. <laughs> That's where she's like us. Like, obviously, you get paid to watch football for a living. And someone like me, I watch football <laughs> for the love of it. If someone wants to pay me, hit me up. Um, but all in all, it's if anything, it's kind of helped grow the game for that perspective of, you know, the new audience. Because that's the thing, too. Because even I, like, New Heights was never really on my podcast rotation. But I started listening to it, like, this year and everything like that. Very good podcast. But they did this whole – one thing I think that the two of them did very well was they did a question and answer period where they had – you could tell it was a lot of Swift fans where they would come in and ask questions to where – at first, I look at it like, why are they doing that? But at the same time, too, you got to remember – these are women that probably have never watched a down of football in their life and don't know rules. So when they ask about these little things that can help them to where, Hey, the man who is dating the woman that they are in love with can help explain the game to them. So that when they're watching it with their significant other, you know, it's like that chain effect of where now it's like, Oh, Hey, this happens because of this, or this happens because of that. Or even this Sunday, they can go to the Super Bowl parties. I'm going to say that because, Look, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you have the ten thousand dollars to go to Allegiant Stadium, but you know they they can have a sense of knowing and knowledgeable because this isn't a knock on anyone else, but for me, I've always just had a bit of a pet peeve of like when not explaining rules. I don't mind doing like little things here or there for the very complicated things, but you know the one person where it's like every play, it's like, oh, so what was that? Oh, so what was that? That's or eventually I'm going to be like, okay, like simmer down. The only the only exception I make is baseball because baseball is a very long game. Meanwhile, football is kind of like laser vision, you know. Yeah. I got you. No, I, I think I totally agree. Um, I've always been a fan of New Heights um, and I watched, you know, I've watched here and there, but definitely became more of a regular, you know, watching it, not just from Taylor. It was also when I started the job um, yeah. and didn't have homework constantly from college um, bugging me to keep me, isn't watching, it? <laughs> to keep me from watching it. That helped a little bit too. Um, but, you know, one thing, I've noticed is they they accepted and almost took advantage of all these new listeners. They know it. They're not yeah. shying away from the fact. And they even like make jokes about it. They're like, if you're still sitting through this podcast, hoping I'm going to say something about Taylor, where I've just been talking about football for 40 minutes, like good for you. But even those little plays where it's, you know, when they go over each game and all that, they explain, you know, this is what's happening. 
And there are even things I've learned from moments when they do that from just a player's perspective. It's so interesting to hear. And I think it's not only helped these new viewers, but even viewers like the two of us who know the game of football can appreciate it and see where they're coming from. So that's definitely helped them out for, for sure. And what I also like is not every podcast is made to be exactly all about her. They maybe talk about her for like, I think at most was like the first one when they took, when they spoke about her, like the first game she went to, but now it's like, Oh, like two minutes here, three minutes there. I mean, last or the, after the bills game, it was mostly just talking about Jason Kelsey shirtless. That was like the main topic of conversation. It wasn't even, you know, Oh, Taylor was at the bills game. It was like, Oh, Taylor loved you. Even though you took your shirt off <laughs> and was chugging a beer with bills mafia. <laughs> oh yes. As uh yes. Cause He's he, he's just he's more of Jason. Jason's just an icon that like everyone can love. That's that's a big thing about that. And then now with football, like while some people can kind of go, oh, you and I can recreate Drake and Future from that one music video when they're working at Apple. It's like, yeah. So like now, for like those little details, like so that you and I can get a further a further understanding of everything from there. Um, this wouldn't be a podcast without you if I didn't obviously rotate gears back to the team that I love and that you cover. Um, just wanted to get your quick thoughts. Obviously, look, you were here for when the head coaching was announced. You were here, obviously, after Belichick left. Mm-hmm. Now that he's got his staff filled out, um, what's the vibe that you're picking up from with with either within the organization with anything you know or the vibe you think that's just being perceived about this new regime in New England? I think the Alex Van Pelt hire was huge for them. Um, I know Nick Cayley was rumored to be, you know, the top of the list but I think getting him in you know is someone who has legit experience and while he was fired from Cleveland I think his work with the quarterbacks which is New England's problem is something that has to be applauded I mean what they went through four quarterbacks and still made it to the playoffs the Patriots had what two quarterbacks who had been there for two years and couldn't even win five games so it's like he knows how to work with quarterbacks. He's good there. And I, I just think I'm actually in favor of that hire. I think that was a very good hire. Demarcus Covington, I was on board from this jump. We, I think we all kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. Um, and he's such a great coach. I mean, we spoke to Demarcus multiple times. You know, it was always Tuesdays when we spoke to assistant coaches and things like that. And you could really tell his passion, his knowledge on that defense. So I think him you know, helping run things will be amazing. And he has Gerard who has run, who has been running the defensive meetings, even though he didn't have the official title, him and Steve were splitting those duties where Steve was doing the calls on the field and Gerard was behind the scenes in the meetings. So the two of them working to get, continuing to work together, I think is great for this defense because they were still amazing last year, last this past season. Oh yeah. And now the focus is on, you know, the, um, the draft and the offense, what scares me the most currently about the draft is this latest report that you know exactly which one I'm going for. The Elliott Wolf report that if he's in charge, they're going for a tackle with that th- uh, number three overall pick. I, this is my, like, please don't Jaden take, take Jaden, take Marvin, either of those two. I'm, and I'm, I'm on, fa- I'm in favor of a quarterback. I've written a few articles about like how I think that's the move, but either of those and I will be okay over a tackle right now. You need a tackle. There's no denying that, but not when 
quarterback is such a big need on the team and that you have such a prime candidate available. So I don't, so last, uh, yesterday, Pat Lane was on with me. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work or not, Pat's ball pit, or uh, Pat's Asian Network, excuse me. So I made two comparisons with him, but I'm going to change it a bit for you because obviously you don't have kids. He has kids. <laughs> and you know when you're out, like, I'm not, I'm not sure still, like, with you, I'm not going to judge, like, or assume, like, you know, like, whether if you if you're on if like you're on your own or if you're still at home but like you know when you go if regardless of what you do you still when we get older you go grocery shopping for yourself the situation that i made with the left tackle pick it's the vegetables pick it's a thing you do not <laughs> want to buy but you need to buy and it's good for you even though you're not the biggest fan of it meanwhile the quarterback pick that's like going down the frozen aisle and getting yourself a little sweet treat you know <laughs> hey maybe i shouldn't be eating this but damn it i'm gonna eat it anyway because i want to that's the comparison. If they want to go left tackle, I'm going to say that I'm for it, but only under one circumstance, and that's if they trade down in the draft and rebuild and recoup assets to where if next year you get, say if Caleb Williams, the, the commanders do this like crazy trade and that with the Bears where they swap two to one, and then the Bears like we want Marvin and then May, and Daniels are both available at three. You then have a situation to where then teams are going to be calling, and if a team offers you their pick this year, and their 2025 first-round pick, that's going to be very hard to say no to because we know that this Patriots team next year, they're not going to be a playoff contender. They're going to be that team. I still think, you know, you're at the bottom of the in the hunt graphic coming around Christmas time next next season. I don't want to say year because obviously 2024 and it's February 5th, February 6th, excuse me for crying out loud. Um, that's where I look at everything with this Patriots team to where if you want to rebuild and recoup assets, fine. But I just don't want to see a team do this, give up on the quarterback and say, hey, we can get someone else later on. And they're not exactly the same guy. And we're kind of back at square one three years from now. Thank you for listening to my Elliot Wolf style TED Talk. Shout out Jeff Howe and Sophia Weller with uh, one E and one R. Even though our handle is two E's and two R's. Yes, it is one E. But again, it's taken. Not much I could do about that one. <laughs> one of the best podcast laughter sound bites from McGarvin a few weeks ago when you announced that. I'll take it, you know, yes. I'll take it. Um, no, but I think everything you said was spot on. If they, if they trade down, I think it's a, it's a definitely a valid argument to make to then go tackle. But with that third overall pick, I think is yeah, not the right call. Get <laughs> yourself the ice cream, treat yourself for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, especially with people with this quarterback class that has so much like, you know, has just gotten so much respect. I oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off or anything like that. I think the quarterback thing could also be. I saw some people say smokescreen because I feel like then you may do it to see that if you know you can get some phone calls and then fleece and finesse someone for their picks. You know what the Bears did last year. Yeah. That's where I can see. That's where I can see it happening. I can't see a trade draft night if they're there in three and there's the quarterbacks available. They're not going to overthink it. Um. I also said this too with this team next year because I know a lot of people are saying like growing pains and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm completely accepting that next year that coming out of the gate, it's probably not going to be pretty. It's not going to be ugly, but we have some time to wait. We have some time to, you know, have fun with everything. But now I want to pivot gears with you because obviously, look, there is a game to be played on Sunday. When you look at this matchup, I'm not going to ask for your winner right now. You mean when the Taylor look, Swift game, that one? Yes, that one. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, I'm really glad you, didn't, you weren't serious there. Just look. Like it is my job to know who's playing. I'm going to throw that out. I was totally kidding. <laughs> oh, we know. We know. We know. Um, wait, which quick question. Uh, are you, I'm just realizing this. Are you a Zoom ass kid? I am. I am. Um, shout out to the Minutemen. Uh, known for, I don't know. Football's not the best there, but I know the hockey team's really good. <laughs> I covered hockey while I was there. I uh, covered it for two years. It was Ooh. really fun. Shout out Greg Carvel. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I saw there was a nice little feature on there. That checklist did a few weeks ago. That where they went up to, uh, where they went up to, uh, where they went up to Amherst. Who did? Sorry. Uh, Spin checklist bar parcel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is Amherst. Okay, I got that right. It's like yes. Um, but going back to the game as a whole, when you look at these two teams, when you look at what you see, what's the one thing you're before I ask a couple other questions. What's the one thing you're really going to be watching for this coming week and Sunday? I think I really want to see. I'm a fan of Brock Purdy. I think this story is so incredible of Mr. Irrelevant, you know, going from the last pick to the Super Bowl. The last two games, we've seen a slower start. And as Patriots, as a Patriots fan, as a Patriots reporter, we know all about slow starts. <laughs> so I, I think... You know, last week they were able to pull it back and they were able to get the win. I think against Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City team, that's not going to be as realistic. It's, you know, if they start slow, Patrick is going to charge them down the field and they're going to take full advantage of that. So I think what I'm really looking for is to see how quickly the San Francisco 49ers can get out there and can get the offense rolling. Because I think that's what's going to be the deciding factor in this game. And... You know, obviously, everyone could ask, oh, who's going to be your MVP? Who's going to be that player that really sticks out? I want to ask you the player that sticks out, but that you're not thinking about at the moment. Everyone's at different answers. I've given some. I want to see where you're leaning. Who's a player that you, like, you know, you have eyes on that, like, right now, no one might be talking about, but after the Super Bowl, they might be talking about. Because, folks, we're recording this on February 5th, and we all know what February 5th is. Who's going to give that James White like performance this coming Sunday? Uh, well, so you have uh, Charles Amenu, who I'm always screw that one up. Who's out? Yes. So I Torn think. ACL. Yeah, that one was, a, and that's a brutal loss for them. Oh, this is a tough question. Oh, I stumped the reporter. I'm proud of myself. You did. This is a tough one. I, I, I'm going. I want to go like just Kansas City defense as a whole to deal with like that whole thing um, of losing him. Um, you know, was it Chris Jones? He's always he's gonna do his thing and terrorize people. Yep. Um, but you know who I I kind of want to see have a big game that I think deserves it after the AFC Championship is MVS. I think after that catch. He, it's two years in a row where his catch has solidified the game and sent them to the Super Bowl. It would be nice if it's like not like a last minute catch. It's like, oh, that's like a massive play or a few massive plays in the middle of the game. Kind of like that, and I hate to do this, but that Julio Jones toe tap catch in Super Bowl Fifty One. Um, you know, I yesterday Pat and I actually did look this up because he was telling me I don't know how much of a sports gambler you are. And which tomorrow's episode, folks, Denver Degenerate's Guide to a Super Bowl Part Two coming out. 
But MVS's total over on yards right now is at 18 and a half. Wow. Minus 120. So you might have to put a little bit of money on to win it. But if you feel like throwing a parlay together on DraftKings, that's the way to go. Um, okay, the other so Brock- I'm not saying I'm an expert and I know it's going to happen, but I just think out of anyone who deserves a big game, it should be MVS for just like how much hate <laughs> he's gotten this year. We're also making these like big catches and big moments. Exactly. And also, too, on the Brock Purdy note, uh, cheap plug for myself, but I actually wrote a piece yesterday just about his unlikely path to greatness, you know, where when, and I'm not saying that he's already a great quarterback, but, you know, he's on that Tom Brady, Kurt Warner path of no one believed in him. He was passed over. And now look, he's <laughs> has a chance to be the first ever, he'll be the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to start a quarter, to start a quarterback in the Super Bowl, but he could also be the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to win the Super Bowl. And that's pretty damn impressive. Um, Quick question before we before we wrap up everything, I saw online Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl party. I gotta ask you, as a Swifty, as the girl <laughs> who went as Taylor Swift for Halloween, and who I want to say boyfriend went as Travis Kelsey. He did. I did yeah. make him do that. Okay, so he's a Ra- he's a Ravens fan too. He was really mad at me for that one, but I got so away with it. He's even more mad at you now for the last like week and a half. If I had asked him this year, probably would like for this coming Halloween, I would definitely lose out. But because I got him right, be- I got him a little before the game. We're good. <laughs> yes. Um, do you? I don't know if you saw that video online, but of the Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl party. I don't know what you're doing for Super Bowl. That's all, that's it's everyone's face, but. If you were hosting a party, would you do something like that? Or would you leave that side of football? Like, would you leave that outside of a Super Bowl party? Listen, I love the videos. I'm always down for a big, you know, fun Super Bowl party. I don't think I would be able to throw I mean, that was so perfectly done. And so, like, creatively done. I think I would, you know, my idea is to make, like, cookies that say, like, go team. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was making go Ravens cookies last week for him. Just, you know, so he could have his thing whereas you know i had my taylor swift shirt on so um it's i think for me it's like football in that sense i i just watched a game our our, my idea of like a super bowl party is like you have like appetizers galore and you're just like going crazy and eating (laughs) while the game's on and you're just talking about and reacting to the plays so that would be my thing, but like I commend anyone who's doing those crazy Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl parties, and I want to see more videos and pictures because they're amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat, uh, even though I did place as a donut store about 20 minutes from me. That's doing, um, they're doing Chiefs and Niners theme. They do it every year. We did it for the pay- when it was Patriots and the Super Bowls. We would do just Patriots donuts. We didn't do Rams and do Eagles, but like we did Bengals and Rams a few. Like we didn't do it last year, but we did um, Bengals and Rams two years ago. And this year we're doing it for KC. We're doing it for San Fran. So we're having fun that way. Like stuff like ribs, wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's an American thing, but obviously for mine, obviously NFL reporter, CFL reporter, and the CFL's championships in November and Chile's a big thing. So there'll be Chile involved as well. But that's that's just my little sense on that. I have a family member coming in actually from overseas in Europe um, just to visit the family uh, around this time because it was like what worked for her. And she said when she found out it was like gonna overlap with the Super Bowl, she's like, "Oh, I'm so excited to finally experience an American, you know, Super Bowl party." So we have to deliver on that one. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, if I had to ask you Sunday, who you got? As much as I want the 49ers to have that miracle story, the way the Chiefs have been looking in these playoffs—I mean, 
It's nothing like we, we saw during the season. They have completely pulled it together. And the connection between, you know, outside of Swift, Taylor Swift, like the connection between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is insanity right now. I mean, it is literally Gronk and Brady where anything that goes up, they're catching. I mean, what was that? There was that one pass that Mahomes was like almost sacked on and he yeah. just kind of like lobbed it up and Travis like dove for it last game. I mean, that's insanity. So as much as I, you know, I, I want to see that story for the 49ers and to have Brock, you know, become the Mr. Irrelevant, turn Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, all that. I don't know if they are going to be able to get past this Chiefs team. There's a fun little question also I wanted to ask you as well. Well, what's, first you have to give me your take. Oh, mine? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to tell you off air. Mine is going to be announced on my last podcast, which is oh, coming out okay, okay. this coming Thursday, guys. Myself, Kyrie Thompson, and McGarvin. The three of us will be here to talk, and that's when I'll give my pick. I'm going to give it to you off camera. That's an all-star cast, and I swear this was not planned. I did not know that. <laughs> it's not. No. The three of us oh, will be back. Plug? <laughs> and here's the other th- Oh, it's a cheap plug. But here's another cheap plug, guys. With the Dynasty documentary coming out, we're in the works of it right now, but Sophie's going to be back with us to review some of it. McGarvin, the three of us, the original three amigos that were on here a few weeks ago, we're going to be back to review the Dynasty. I did learn this last night, though, that it's being released two at a time. So yes. maybe if we can arrange something to where we review it either. Not every single week, but maybe, like, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something you out. Tell me I'm here. <laughs> Love that. Um, it's a music question, but it's not a Taylor Swift music question. Let's hear it. Apple Music halftime. The lights are down. What song is the first song you think Usher plays on Sunday night? Yeah. Ooh. See, I want to say yeah. Like that's why, like my heart's telling me that, but it just it seems too obvious. Like last year, I'll be honest with you, my fiance she nailed Rihanna's. Really? She had that. That one was wild. <laughs> she had that. I had. Please don't stop. I think it was please don't stop the music or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and there was also I'll DM you on Instagram because like I always post my betting stuff, and there was one where it's like when you had this, when you bet this to be the song, and it's not, and it's just person like slouching the sports book, depressed. And I'm like, I feel this in my core right now, so I'll send that to you after. But you know what, guys, it's always fun to talk with Sophie Weller, who's now I can say this now, reoccurring guest on the podcast. I love it. I'm always happy to be here. It's always so fun. <laughs> It always is because you know what? Once this week is done, there's no more football for seven months. But in seven months, actually, just because this just got announced and my knee knee brain has been scrambling this entire time to try to come up with stuff to talk about. (laughs) Not so much the who and the where, but we now know that it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles going down to Brazil week one, Friday night. I, I like it, but also, too, I'm glad they didn't do the Saturday night because... One of my best friends is getting married that Saturday night. So I, <laughs> for two years in a row now, I get hung over Sunday morning, Sunday football that week one. But do we like the idea of the international series being so early on in the year? Or do you feel like they should have waited for like the rest? I'm all for an international series whenever they want to have it. I, I love what they're doing. Um, you know, even just for me, the experience of getting to cover that game in Frankfurt this past year is an experience I'll never forget. Um, it it was such an amazing trip and such an amazing opportunity to be, you know, there and experience 
it was so loud there. It was not, there were no boos when the Patriots couldn't score. There was nothing like that. It was just pure joy of being in a football, you know, being here and watching a football game. So I think these international games are incredible, incredible by the NFL. I really hope they continue. And a week one game I think is great. I have, you know, I'm all for it. I like the week one aspect just because Brazil's a weird, tricky one to get to to where now you can plan it out and then you get that like mini bye week to get back home and get reaffirmated with America. Will Jason Kelsey be playing there? I don't know. But there's one more question I have for you before we retire, before we go, because it's about retirement actually. And it's not Jason Kelsey. Do we think this is the last game Travis Kelsey plays as an NFL pro Sunday night? Nah, I think that's, I think those rumors are crazy. He's like already said multiple times, you know, I, I still have gas left in the tank. I still want to play. And he's still proving he can play. I, I don't, I don't see it. I think, you know, I think Jason definitely could be, but I think, I don't think it's Travis. I would be shocked if it, Travis decided to hang up his cleats after this one. I just see the Travis thing because then this, the, this rumor got open to me in November where, you know, Travis is, he's got the world around his hands. He wants to make that switch over to Hollywood and acting. Not saying he's going to be like this, like, you know, what The Rock became when he transitioned to acting. But, you know, he wants to get into that Hollywood world. And I feel like the door is as open as ever. But I feel like the longer he sails with Taylor, the longer that door is just going to remain open. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's less about that. I mean, I think he'll if if and when he wants to make that transition, it'll happen after football. But I don't see him purely deciding to stop because of that aspect. He's going to stop when he can't give it his best anymore. That's every that's every good NFL player. The rare ones that get to retire when they say they want to, not the ones that have to retire because you're told you can't play no more or because the team isn't signing you. Sometimes you're lucky enough to retire twice. You know. You you know what. Sometimes we're number 12 and you get that honor. So <laughs> we love that. We love that. But anyway, Sophie Weller, thank you very much for coming on once again. Reminder yeah. to everyone, tomorrow night, episode 280, A Degenerate's Guide to the Super Bowl with all your favorite sporting gamblers. Tweet will be coming out very soon. But anyway, Sophie, thank you very much once again for coming on. We'll see you again in a few weeks for the, the documentary recaps. <laughs> but anyway, guys, have a good night. And remember, we're in our football era right now. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>